Oh, hello there! Welcome to my holiday cabin in parts unknown for yet another Retronauts holiday special. Now, we've been doing this for about five years now, and in that time, we've had a bit of a wolf problem in this winter wasteland. But I'm happy to say that thanks to your Patreon dollars, we have a new friend to help us out. Uh, just give me a second here. Okay, there we go. Say hello to the nice people, Steve. Hello, I'm Steve here to detect wolves and wolf-like behavior. That's right, we've upped surveillance to an unprecedented level, making this holiday at the Retronauts' cabin the safest on record. Thanks to Steve's Space AJI, we can now detect wolves up to a 10-foot radius around the Retronauts' holiday cabin. It's very futuristic. Speaking of which, Master, I have detected some shapes approaching. Direct your attention towards the new screen. Zoom. Enhance. Zoom. Enhance. Enhancing zoom. Steve, I can't see anything. You've zoomed in way too much again. My apologies. Unzoom. Enhance. Oh hey, those are my buddies Henry Ray and Dave coming over and risking their lives to talk about bad cartoons all over again. Hey Steve, do me a favor and shut down and don't say anything. The humans are talking now. But master, I wanted to have a merry Christmas. Oh, come on in, guys. How's it going? Thanks for making it all the way out to my holiday cabin. Come on in. Ah, well, thank you. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, sorry about that. Okay. Well, I mean, like, uh, this year I really had increased security because we've had some problems with wolves and maybe a few yetis. So um, I hope you guys made it past the sentry guns okay because those are really sensitive this right. year. Well, I had a banana cream pie for the yetis. So. Okay, Kim. Uh, I, I did recommend that. So, um... As always, I like to invite my friends to my holiday cabin in, in Parts Unknown for a Christmas-related Retronauts, and this year is no exception. I believe this is the fifth year we've been doing it, and um, I make it back every year. Some people don't, but this year we're going to be talking about uh, the cartoon uh, The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. But before I say anything more, I am Bob Mackey, your host. Who else is here today? Oh, I'm Ray Barnholt. Hi. And? <laughs> Henry Gilbert. Oh, Boy. Hey. And uh, I'm Dave Rudden. I was brought here by a hedgehog-drawn sleigh. <laughs> wow. I, I assume they all just froze to death. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to be well, honest, I, Eddie's got the rest. I, I really don't know why I keep coming here because uh, <laughs> you just you just make us watch crappy cartoons. And it's well, just like there's no presents. Or, I mean, okay, well, chocolate. Sure, I, I like hot chocolate. But, I have an I mean, entire stack of Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium on DVD. You all get to take home one copy. I mean, that's okay, what I gave uh, you that last year. But well, it, I, I mean, it makes a great gift yeah. for family members. Right. These ultraviolet uh, codes have been used. I assume. <laughs> oh yes, yes. <laughs> I've registered them on several MacBooks. They're only going up in value. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I wanted to talk today about the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. We're, we're going to be talking about a specific cartoon, uh, Sonic Christmas Blast. Uh, but before, I'd like to give a little context about this cartoon. And if you want to watch this episode uh, before you watch the show, you can always pause this. It's um, it's online because no one cares about it. There, it has no value, so no one will ever buy it for <laughs> no, money. No. So just go on to YouTube or whatever. I'm sorry if you think this is advocating piracy, but seriously, I assume you can buy it on Amazon if it'll make you feel you, better. It's probably $4 at Walmart right now. It's in a bin somewhere. <laughs> Four dollars a year. For all 108 episodes or something, yeah. right? <laughs> so actually, 66. I did my research. So, uh, yeah, this is not the serious Sonic cartoon, um, which no. is also bad, uh, believe it or not. I had to go back and revisit that for US Gamer a while ago. Um, though Adventures debuted first and ran concurrently with it and as with the um, the classic syndication style of cartoons they made 65 episodes and then they re they ran them all in three months and that was all you ever got yeah. so every day you'd see a new episode until around December so I think it actually ran from 
December, um, sorry, September 3rd of 93 to December 3rd of 93. This Christmas special aired much later. We'll get to that in a second. Um, so I want to know, like, did you guys watch this cartoon at all when it was on? And it's okay to say you did <laughs> because I, I did. Yes. I did, yes, yeah. I actually discovered it on a Thanksgiving day because I – I was a reader of the first run of Archie comics. Like I actually owned Archie Sonic Number One, which predated the premiere of the Saturday morning cartoon yeah. as well. Yeah. Sonic AM, as the fans call it, <laughs> and I was into Sonic AM just because it at least reflected the Archie book. But I didn't. I also didn't have the afternoons free to watch uh, the Sonic Adventures as a kid. So then it was Thanksgiving break, and then I turn on and see Sonic as his own show. Oh my God, this is. Much more hideous and annoying and written for four-year-olds than Sonic AM, which was aimed at, like, I guess, nine-year-olds. Really? I mean, so did you turn your nose up at it as a, uh, I'm guessing, 11-year-old? I did. I oh, did wow. indeed. Yeah, I was I was 11 at the time. I totally turned my nose up at it because I wanted grown-up, serious, dark cartoons like Sonic AM. I wanted brooding right. Sonic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I—, I, I like, this is what entertainment was like in the 90s. You would watch something even though you didn't like it just yeah. because something else would be on later. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll, have to, I'll suffer through, like, MASH because there's a good episode of, like, the Beverly Hillbillies on next. <laughs> yes, that was that was entertainment in 1992 when I was watching black and white television. Not me. Still couldn't take MASH. <laughs> oh, man. It's so I feel bad. like, I feel so like this was Sega's biggest gambit with Sonic, but just besides Sonic himself, just, you know, trying to beat Mario or whatever. Because, like... Two different cartoons at the same time is kind of crazy, and how yeah, people true. got that greenlit or whatever. Yeah, it, it feels like um, in terms of like trying to sell things to kids via television, it does feel slightly sketchy. Where it's like kids will not see anything but Sonic. Like every day yeah. of the week, there's Sonic, which was kind of like the same thing with the uh, the Nintendo cartoons because you got the Mario Super Show all week, and then you had Captain on the weekends, right? Uh, early on, yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Um, so, uh, Dave, uh, Sonic, uh, this cartoon, I, did you watch it? I watched this a lot. It was it aired before, uh, like, I had to get on the bus to go to school okay. in middle school. So it's like anything that's on <laughs> that is even remotely funny in, like, the 7 to 8 a.m. Uh, slot, fine. That's right. the, I'll yeah. watch it. I never watched the other Sonic cartoon, but yeah, this one for a few months and then it was back to uh, Dennis the Menace all the time. I watched a lot of pre, <laughs> like the preschool slot where you're just like, I just need something to concentrate on not going to school. So I, I think yeah. I watched a lot of Littlest Pet Shop and Stunt Dogs and things <laughs> like that. Like cartoons no one remembers uh, yes. and no one should. Yeah. Uh, that's um, when I watched Gargoyles. Yeah, ooh, I love Gargoyles. Uh, right, did we talk about how, like where you found the show or did you ever like <clears throat> see the show? Uh, yeah, I did see it. I mean, I did, uh, I was more hyped for the serious one because that was at least uh, uh, on ABC, and I had easier access to that because I didn't exactly know how TV affiliates worked as a kid back then. So it was kind of like a lot of hunting and pecking around to actually find it every every so often. And even then, I don't think it was like every day or anything. But yeah, I mean, uh, this yeah. was an era where there were independent stations. I don't know if they still exist because mm-hmm. don't they just become a Fox affiliate? Yeah, or, or me like TV. the CW <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, but well, we do have coffee here still, like All in right. the Bay Area. Or, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. But I think we talked about this on the Tiny Toons episode in which uh, this whole 65 episode like Blitz um, idea came about with DuckTales, I think, where they're like, no, we're going to make like like basically three or four seasons worth of cartoon at once and just air it mm-hmm. daily instead of just like, okay, we're, we'll air it on Saturday first and then it'll like go into reruns eventually yeah. like Scooby-Doo or really, whatever. Really prescient to the Netflix model. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but you it, couldn't binge. Yeah, because it took them – I believe it was that Disney wanted to do it first with the Gummy Bear show, but they did wait like the five years to animate 13 at a time. Right, like every Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then they 
just said, let's just do it all at once. And I, it was something I got used to. I think it was with Animaniacs when I first noticed, oh, 60, there's just ep- new episode after new episode all the time. And so I got used to them like that. That's how I came to enjoy, like, uh, Batman Adventures as well. And I realized, like, oh, these are, or, sorry, the animated series. Uh, it's called Batman Adventures in the comics. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's weird to think that it's like, oh, yeah, two years of pre-production, and now they just air everything in three months, and it's yep, over. But um, dump it. I did want to talk about, like, where the series came from because we are historians in, in a way. And as far as me, I found the show, like, for some reason, I found myself an animation nerd even back then. I was super keyed into, like, when cartoons were premiering, like, oh, man, the new Disney Afternoon cartoons. Kind of, this, like, right, oh, man, right. there's bonkers. That sounds great. Yeah. It wasn't, but I watched it all. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this uh, this introduced some characters characteristics for Sonic that would persist. I mean, they really recast him as a Bugs Bunny type character in this show where he's just like wisecracking. And of course, if you're a wisecracking cartoon character, you need you need a prop. And that mm-hmm. prop is a chili dog, which um, yeah. became like, um, I don't know, it, fe- it feels like a very poochy, a very poochy. <laughs> and if you don't know who Poochie is from the Simpsons episode, um, Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie, he is like the personification or the rather the distillation of all the worst 90s tropes to have in a quote unquote cool kids character. So Sonic is very much a poochie in which I don't know if he raps in this series, but he like, I think chili dogs is the most radical food uh, right. for a kid in the 90s. Um, which I, sort of became canonized in Sonic Generations. That's true. That's that's right. Yeah. I mean, does, does new Sonic want chili dogs? Or I guess old Sonic can't talk, and that's why I like right. him more. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah. So we basically – Sonic is recast as a as a very Bugs Bunny-type character who, like, goes into costumes and does voices. And, of course, he is voiced by Jaleel White, who was yeah. Urkel and hasn't done a whole lot since then. But uh, that, that, that feels like a really brave move. He was Urkel – I mean, uh, he was Jaleel White in both Sonic cartoons. Mm-hmm. And it feels like – I don't know if Urkel was hated or loved. I don't know what our relationship with Urkel was in yeah. the 90s. 90s, but to cast the coolest character with the voice of the biggest nerd on television feels risky mm-hmm. to me. I don't know. Well, it was still like stunt casting that they – I think yeah. they did it for – because obviously everybody mm-hmm. else they hired on that show seemed to be like the cheapest Canadian they could <laughs> yeah. find. And like, well, but we can advertise Julia White as this guy. And yeah, then for he, sure. And maybe it was also like a PR move by him. They're like, have him play – well, have you play the coolest dude. That'll That'll get away from your I'm the nerdiest guy in the world. Shtick. That is true, and I think in later <laughs> later episodes of Family Matters, Jaleel White would play robots and Bruce yeah. Lee and uh, Stephon like or Stephon Kel. more than he yeah. would ever play Urkel. This and was peak Urkel. Like this is when he was like four characters on Family Matters for so, sure. Yeah, <laughs> let's get him on Sonic. And I think it was before uh, Jaleel White was like seven feet tall with like a giant crotch bulge in his pulled up pants, which made that character slightly uncomfortable as he aged. You know, <laughs> just like what what am I looking at here? To be fair, I do think it was a good voice for Sonic. I think so too, yeah. and I, I I'm not insulting it, and I was mm-hmm. surprised actually when. And um, that voice didn't stick around as Sonic's voice in the video yeah. games. I yeah. feel like it was a Japan thing. Like I feel like Sonic Adventure, uh, the dubbing in that game was just like, oh, are you in Japan? Can you speak English? You're Sonic. <laughs> it is weird how many how many of the voices in this game sounded like the characters eventually did when they started talking in Sonic Adventure. Yeah. And right. I guess they got you a little white. Like Sonic in the games at least has a slightly lower uh, – Deeper voice, not um, that much deeper. I'll yeah. be honest. I bet the Julia White thing was just like money thing. It like, could have been oh, money. This guy is an act. This guy is a professional voice actor. He will not take video game voice actor prices. Yeah, and I mean, so and he probably wants to work union. That son of a gun. And actually, I mean, it reminds me of how again mentioning Batman, like they had uh, Kevin Conroy. It was a big deal to get Kevin Conroy for the Arkham games. But when they make the cheap Ar- Arkham game Origins, they're like, let's just get. Roger Craig Smith, who does every video game voice, including Sonic. 
To be I fair, have... he does a really good uh, Kevin Conroy, but still, Kevin Conroy is uh, mm-hmm. my favorite Batman for sure. I don't know if that's uh, sacrilegious or blasphemous or whatever. But um, I, the reason I'm going to so much detail about this show is that the episode we watch does not have a lot of content. <laughs> but these things are interesting to talk about because uh, one of the key figures, and uh, Dave and uh, Henry will be keyed in on this because we just did a show called Talking Simpsons that we're, we're currently doing the show Talking Simpsons, which is on the Laser Time Podcast Network. And we watched a lot of the first season, actually the entire first season, and looking at the really crappy animation. And uh, one of the key uh, artists on this show worked on the first season of The Simpsons. In fact, he, he directed Some Enchanted Evening, Whoa. the infamous oh awful <laughs> episode. Uh, Kent Butterworth, who wow. I feel like um, horrible outsourced animation failed him because he was basically – he worked on a lot of crap, but he also worked on, like, Tiny Toons and Ren and Stimpy and mm-hmm. things like that as an animation timer and, like, a layout guy and a character designer. So I don't think he's awful. Mm-hmm. I just think The Simpsons was not right for him. And if you look at the amount of money or the lack of money poured into these episodes, you could see, like, no matter how talented you are, like, some, like, overworked South Korean guy is not going to mm-hmm. care. It's going to be one of the nine million things he's worked on. He has no context of knowing what it is. Well, I do, see a, I do see a certain level of, like, bounciness to the character, or, like, rubbery bounciness to these people that yeah. I did see in some Enchanted Evening and the, the original clips. So and I can I can match this up here. Yeah. I do like the Robotnik design, though. I don't know. It just eh. it's, it's kind of ugly in, like, a Man. fun Ren and Stimpy yeah. way. But, but he worked on Ren and Stimpy, so I can see, like, they're trying to get some of the weird, gross designs into this show. As well. well, as a animation nerd, it's actually like a pet peeve of mine to see characters drawn with like a hot dog nose. Like that. <laughs> it just grosses me out for yeah. some reason. It when I see disgusting. that in like old like Felix the Cat cartoons, I'd be like, Ugh. I think the You're... thing that bothered me was that like everything was ill-fitting on Doctor Robotnik. At least in this episode, like in the games, you're so used to him like looking like he's he's kind of a fat dude, but he still like dresses nicely. <laughs> This one, he's just, yeah. like, disgusting. Yeah, I was watching this uh, with my girlfriend, and she was like, I don't get it. Why is he a big, fat slob, but he talks like Sideshow Mel? <laughs> like, I will get you, Sonic. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so That's Sonic. That caught me there. Yeah, it's it's strange. Yeah. But, um, it, uh, of course, like, they would constantly play off how his name kind of sounds like butt in this show. That would be, like, one of the three jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just going into more about this, there's there's no one of note who wrote for this show. If you go through IMDb, it's just like, <laughs> oh, you went through the kids, like, hell mill. Like you went through the cartoon kids for sorry the kids cartoon hell mill where you wrote for everything and man, watching this episode I'm like oh I wish these cartoons were still around for as much harm as they did to animation they were they must have been so easy to write like there's nothing that happens in this episode and it's just yeah. like God they they didn't care I, it it hits all the beats of the series as I mean you can tell they were going by the sheet basically. for sure yeah and I mean like if you make a if you make a cartoon now you have to be into animation you have to be an artist there are very few writers uh, outside of like the adult animated sitcom thing that are just writers but um yeah like I feel like the, the people who were writing these cartoons were not good enough to write sitcoms mm-hmm. so they were just roped into this stuff so like <laughs> or people that wrote sitcoms for 30 years and then were like writing Saved by the Bell before they retired it was like, a lot of children's entertainment yeah for sure oh yeah I could see them being guys who failed to be a staff writer on a TGIF show like one of those two season TGIF shows and they're like eh I could write about a running hedgehog who cares yeah it's <laughs> so, like what's he like uh, Bugs Bunny sure I've seen that before um <laughs> Yeah, and uh, okay, so unlike, unlike the serious series, Robotnik is a bumbling oaf like we talked about, and we have uh, two henchmen, Scratch oh. and Grounder, who have like the most, like the high default cartoon voice and the low default cartoon voice. And we'll talk about Scratch's voice, but I, I can't believe I watched that much of that character talking in my <laughs> lifetime without having my mom abuse me for doing it. <laughs> I, I gotta say, like, he was, once I heard him on the episodes I saw as a kid, I was like, nope, I'm done. Like, I can't <sighs> do this. I had now. so much tolerance for that, I guess. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, and uh, we wouldn't see these designs anywhere else, but they, for some reason, like uh, when Puyo Puyo came over here, they turned it into Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, and uh, we saw Scratch and Grounder in this Robotnik in the game, which was bizarre, but I guess yeah. like, hey, why not? Because yeah. can't bring Puyo Puyo over as is. It's too cutesy. And I think a lot of you millennials or younger people out there might know um, this cartoon because uh, people make these things called YouTube poops. Are we <laughs> yes. aware of this phenomenon? Uh, I am. It's not even new. It's like I was watching these like no. eight years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's just basically like just like funny – like editing things together in a funny way like Tim and Eric or whatever. Yeah. But they mainly <laughs> um, edit these Sonic Says segments. So they are saying the wrong thing. And <sighs> yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> I'm more used to seeing ones with Mama Luigi from oh, the, yeah. from Mario World. This cartoon. is also it, they do the Wand of Gamelion, the Zelda game. Gamelot. Gamelot. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, they do I that. Too. I mean, like, and I've seen lots of King of the Hill ones, like Boggle. So if you know, if you know, if you've seen that one, you know he says Boggle a lot. Uh, yeah. So I guess um, we should get started. episode is called Sonic Christmas Blast, and I'll explain that title in a second. It's, it's very convoluted and uh, strange, but um, the strange thing about this episode is that it aired uh, three years after the, the series came to a close. I don't know what circumstances caused this to be created. Obviously, they still didn't care. It wasn't like, oh man, I've got a great idea for a Christmas show, guys, but right. it seems like it was engineered to... Um, sell a game or to promote a game, which would be Sonic Extreme. Mm-hmm. And this episode was originally called an extremely Sonic Christmas. And there are some <laughs> uses of the word extreme in this episode, which point to that. Yeah, like I, they couldn't come out and like show you the box, but um, they were clearly <laughs> they were clearly like telling you, oh, come on, kids, you know what's coming out. Yeah. But yeah. I'm sure this episode went to production roughly nine months before the game was supposed to come out. And, sure. Uh, Ray, can you tell the story of Sonic Extreme? Oh, well, can anyone <laughs> at this point? I mean, it all started talking, with it. Yeah. That's convoluted. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Sonic Extreme was going to be this the big Saturn Sonic game for 96, but uh, development was just like crazy slow and incredibly hampered and hit all these roadblocks and went through like you know a couple different studios trying to make this game all uh, based out of you know North America by the way because this was like sort of done surreptitiously uh, mm-hmm. below Sega of Japan's uh, influence so uh, <laughs> they were trying to make this hot Sonic game and it just totally petered out and didn't go anywhere mm-hmm. uh, now people have found more uh, builds and beta uh, evidence of it and so it's, it's out there now but yeah. uh, basically the game that did come out for 96 was Sonic 3D Blast Blast, which was with <laughs> Genesis and Saturn and then Sonic Blast for Game Gear, which is different. But, uh, yeah, all had the same sort of uh, motif on the box and the logo, and so did this uh, cartoon. Really good uh, soundtrack in that game. But yeah. the game, like, does anyone want to play an isometric Sonic no. game? No. Where you, coll- I, you collect birds? I thought yeah. I did, yeah, and that they had to bring back the, oh, what's the bird? That they, the Flickies. Flicky, yeah. they loved yeah. Flicky. I was like, Flickies. I, I finally played It's an Flicky. isometric Flicky game is what it is. Yeah. It's not a Sonic game. <laughs> Wow, I never thought of it that yeah. way, but you're totally right. It's the same yeah. concept as Flicky. I had also heard that there was some sort of like um, 
that Japan was not happy at all about them making Sonic Extreme and, and partially killed it on I, that one. One of the things was that they were going to use the Knight's engine for it, but Yuji Naka was like, fuck no. Yeah, I think they did a lot of work with the Knight's engine, and he just, like, shut it down, which is hilarious. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, reading Console Wars lately, uh, last year, you really uh-huh. get a sense of how both sides of the company were, like, sabotaging each other. Because yeah, yeah. the Japanese side was resentful of the American side's success, correct? Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, Which yeah, is funny, because, you know, two Sonic games were made in America. Yeah, and it's, like, yeah. it's all for the good of like the company for for real. I mean, it's not, it's not like Sega of Japan would shut down and America would still be around right. uh, well, as far as I know. Also in the book, they they made it sound like Yuji Naka hated working with J- Japanese side too and moved to America to have it easier. But then yeah. he shuts down the American one. It was, it's just nuts to me. I actually... He just uh, loves a California sun, that's yeah. all. I remember I got to interview, it was the E3 where they announced um, the Sonic Lost Worlds game. Mm-hmm. And I got to interview the creative director on it who had been working or who had been working on Sonic yeah. games since close to the beginning since Sonic Izuka? 2. Yeah, I think it was him, right. yeah. But the big Sonic fan of the of my website, he said, hey, ask him about, ask him about Sonic Extreme because this is really similar to Sonic Extreme. And so I asked him that, and he just was like, you know, I've heard people say that. This has nothing to do with Sonic Extreme. We were definitely not inspired by it, and I never even <laughs> yeah. saw that game. I was uh, like, yeah. well, okay. And my friend told me, like, he's he's lying. He knew what Sonic Extreme was. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> you're not going to take inspiration from it for that game. Yeah. yeah. Looking at uh, looking at Sonic Extreme now, I-, I feel like it's probably for the best it didn't come out. Knights yeah. was probably the better game, mm-hmm. and uh, nothing could have beaten Mario 64 in that race, yeah. just in terms of, like, showing people what a new for sure. game would look like in this 32-slash-64-bit era. But yeah, we are talking about Sonic Christmas Blast, unfortunately, and uh, this is uh, this is our very standard like like ex villain has stolen Christmas, kidnapped Santa, I believe. That's what happened in the Mario Brothers Super Show episode we did a few years back for that Christmas special. But um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Uh, what happens in this episode is I don't understand the uh, economy or reality of this world, but uh, people are gathered in the town. It opens with this gathering of, of Santa's public address or whatever. Yeah. I guess this is like <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. this is a, um, a, a a common thing that happens in Sonic world kind of and dystopian and, and I have to admit like as much as I hated Sonic Adventure having like human characters I forgot they they went back this far like yeah. with these hideous ugly human beings Ugh, they're, a kid. They're, yeah with just like a giant row of teeth jutting out of his face <laughs> like at a 45 degree mm-hmm. angle I think it was just that even by 96 there have been so other than Robotnik there were no humans in the game yeah. so they had no real guide to how to draw a person so uh, I mean so, tons of people just had yellow or purple skin like or they were it felt like the same Doug universe yes yeah, like yeah. Bluffington is next door to <laughs> Ro- Robot- Robotropolis or whatever it's called yeah so what happens next is uh, uh, Santa appears on this Jumbotron and um, he's clearly a robot and he says basically uh, he's quitting and he's giving his job to uh, Robotnik Claus, which uh, probably took about two seconds to write. It's like, guys, we haven't had a butt pun in this episode yet. So, uh, yeah, and um, so Robotnik is basically uh, kind of changing the rules, flipping the table on Christmas. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, uh, you get presents to me. And that's basically the um, the the whole premise of this episode is like Robotnik reversing the rules of Christmas and uh, just messing with uh, the townspeople and uh, yeah. So uh, what did you guys think upon just jumping into this for the first time? Uh, probably in twenty years, I'm guessing. Well, I've never seen this one. I don't think. I, no, I was, no, no, it was in high school, and I was like, I'm not ready for this. I, th- I don't know why there were humans anyway. When there should be something. I mean. At least the the comics establish it, or the game even establish that Sonic just has other animal friends. Yeah, yeah it felt like even, Robotnik was like even uh, the captured animals. Like it, yeah, should imposing. we just have a citizenship of animals? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe animal. No, make, make it humans. Animals are hard to draw. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, 
One thing. They, that kid, by the way, looks like Slap from Panic. So there's another Sega connection. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's true. Oh, he's a hideous kid, but also that he's like – he sucks from the beginning, too, that he's just like, so right. this is when the Santa gives us toys, right? Or we can tell him when we get toys. And then he, yeah, oh. then he visits Santa, or mm-hmm. Santa Robotnik. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Thank you. And when, when when Robotnik asks him, like, what are you going to get me? The kid gets so angry, he starts punching Dr. Robotnik. And I'm like, punches him in that the is gut. so rude. Yeah. yeah. I, know he, I know this is an evil villain, but you don't know that. And again, like, <laughs> even when you're writing a kid's cartoon, uh, you have to you have to be uh, not lazy. And in this scene, is incredibly lazy. And, like, every scene is lazy, but it's like, all the kids are in line. It's like, okay, you're lining up to tell Santa Robotnik what you're going to give him. So this should not be a surprise to this no. kid because he was told what he yeah. was there for. Yeah. And I want to say like we, we might sound snide and like cynical and sarcastic being like 30-somethings making fun of this <laughs> kid's cartoon from 1996 but there were there were kid's cartoons in 96 you can go back and watch now which are completely great and funny, have great animation and music like Freakazoid and things like that and Batman. So it was possible for good cartoons to exist in 1996. Mm-hmm. This was not one of them though. Well, I think this is like below standard. Like they tried less than even most Christmas cashings. Yeah. Like, right. I feel like even the He-Man Christmas special like tried a little harder to have some sort of message than this one. <laughs> yeah, uh, there wasn't. Yeah, there wasn't. Sonic says on this one. Yeah, no. and um, then so and yeah, and also that Robotnik like doesn't put any work into his costume either. Not like, not even slightly, which seems like a poor. A poor story point for him. Like, his character should be more invested in making a good costume. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and like we were saying, I think Robotnik in this in this show is just sort of like this Frankenstein monster of squash and stretch. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's just yeah. supposed to look completely unappealing at all times. I think they had the most fun drawing him because Sonic and Tails just don't look right ever in any scene. So, oh, my God. I forgot about the way they make Sonic blink. How does that happen? Is it just like a giant, like, single eyelid that falls it's, down? or it's like his, his pupil blinks. <laughs> but the white space is supposed to be his, his eyes. God, I, I guess it's, that's just one artist interpreting it. Like, what is it supposed to be? They this? fixed it in Sonic Underground. Okay, thank God. <laughs> Man, now, now, now i got to watch that whole thing. Well, and then Sonic <laughs> always looks like 30 pounds overweight. Or that they they right. just draw Same him. Mario. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's true. Well, and then that's when we see, like, God, the oh, the, the voice of the chip oh, yeah. robot drives me. I don't even want to like. <laughs> I'm gonna stand back on the mic. It's like everybody get in line. <laughs> yeah. It's like that just was like your idea. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for sorry for blowing out the mics, but um. <laughs> I no, couldn't no, believe. Toad is totally fine. Yeah. On Super Mario Brothers Super Show. He made me miss Toad. I was like, I don't know. To- Toad's at least mm. he at least tries a Brooklyn accent. Toad was or like something. a Harvey Firestein compared to <laughs> Scratch in this episode. <laughs> so then we have yeah we have Scratch and we we promise we will not do another Scratch impression. I will shut these mics down. <laughs> but, so we have Scratch and then we have the other the other sidekick who's like the common. What's yeah. going on? Like I feel like that you can't really have that character anymore because of certain things. But uh, mm-hmm. it is a very common like smart guy stupid guy uh, character. Uh, duo and they're terrible and they're just a poor man's um <laughs> they're a poor man's like what are they what uh, are they even well, bebop and rocksteady or they, something like that so, yeah yeah i guess they are bebop and rocksteady is a good one or they're like well they're kind of fred and barney-ish i think well m- well the other oh, one's yeah, more Grant, barney yeah it's like hey hey scratch what are we doing today <laughs> yeah it, it, <laughs> yeah barney has drive <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because like in some in some scenes they draw the the grounder the robot the dumber robot with a butt they like draw. They draw, they draw ass that was cheeks very on discre- him. That was distracting. Yeah. I have yeah. to say, <laughs> the one thing that also annoyed me just is like 
just as a base level of animation competency that clearly they wrote in the script like, and then Grounder grabs them. He's like, you didn't realize, he has he has drill yeah. hands. Yeah. So then his drill just has to recoil, and then out comes his gripper claw. Like, why doesn't he always have hands? Those yeah. those drills aren't so useful. There are so many uh, moments like that, Henry, that I that I didn't write down, but just was thinking about, like, this was written by someone who did not understand animation or drawing. It's just like, yeah, just draw what I tell you. It's like, I don't even know what these characters are. There's one point where he's pushing Scratch with his drills, and I'm like, that's got, that would, that would pierce his skin and cause <laughs> God, if only. serious damage. Or at least scratch up Scratch. Yeah. So uh, it's at this point, so we, we find out what happens. So, of course, Robotnik is taking over for Santa. He's demanding presents from children. And, like, about five minutes in, we finally see Sonic. And who else is there but a naked Princess Sally? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> She's always naked. This, but um, this, this is the most insane segment of the cartoon. It is. Uh, I had no idea what it was setting up. Uh, Ray, can you talk about what was happening in this, in this segment, this well, introduction? Well, Sonic is talking to a mute, unresponsive Princess Sally. Yeah. But that's not even it because Princess Sally never showed up in no. the Sonic the Hedgehog. She does she not belong from, in this world. Yeah, she's from the serious Sonic and the comics. I believe she's from Knothole or whatever the hell they call it. So, there, I mean, there's never else been anything close to a link between these two shows otherwise. So it's like, why the hell mm-hmm. did they throw her in at obviously the last minute? Well, her coloring's <laughs> all wrong, too. Like, yeah. she's pink like she was in the first few issues of Archie Sonic. And the Sonic yeah. CD, is, she was in Sonic CD, no, right, no, Sally? She, they, or? They, they just renamed Amy. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she's got, she's got Amy's colors. But what happens is Sonic uh, is like, that's right, that's right, Sally. That's totally agreed. No presents. And then he runs away, and he's like, I have to get Sally a present. Yeah, because I mean, she always lies to me like a treacherous woman does. <laughs> yeah, that, that was When weird. a woman says no yeah. presents. Way to teach uh, those kids, Sonic. Well, I also like that he says, no more words need to be spoken. I was like, is she <laughs> really not going to talk? Or were you too cheap to hire Sorry. just one more voice actor? We can't, we can't hire Kath Susie. She won't come to Canada. <laughs> Some equally ignorant... Uh, you know, exec or boss yeah. just walked in the office and was like, hey, what about that Princess Sally? Why isn't she in her? Well, it's like, it's, I thought there was the other cartoon. No, no, no. She had Princess Sally, right? You know, hey, you know how it is on Christmas. Girls are always telling you not to get them gifts and then they get mad when you don't. Like, oh, yeah, that, that part. should be in there with they Sonic. give you a mystical ring. <laughs> Kids you know, exactly. all this stuff. You do feel like this is written by like a retiree on his third wife. Like, uh, I gotta stick it to Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Dave was bringing up this magic ring and uh, so like Tails yeah. and Sonic <laughs> Run off. <laughs> okay. All right. This magic yeah. ring you've had all the time. <laughs> right. Right. This is this is Chekhov's ring, and so, so much awkward exposition is dumped on this yes. on this one ring. Um, I, I do want I do want to point out they're going to Robo Robotropolis, yeah, to uh, get right. presents, but they're like it's dangerous there. But it's like, but it's just a town full of humans. Like, yeah. are they mixing up the continuities again? Well, What's happening? Does he own Robotropolis? Yeah. Like, is it because that? But Robotropolis in AM is, I mean, it's a dystopian, like, machine city. Humans don't live there, right. but... And this is just a regular, like, city with people yeah, in it, so... Yeah, no, apparently with no real leadership, because they... If Santa Claus's replacement says we get to steal stuff, then you do. There's no police either, just like oh, in Hill Valley. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so we... Uh, there's this really awkward scene in which Sonic and Tails are running and talking about what they're doing, and then mm-hmm. Sonic jumps on a tree, and some bird character is like, what's that, Sonic? It's like, oh, this ring? And it's like a huge close-up. It's like, I don't know what these symbols mean, but Sally got it for me. Pay attention, kids. This is going to wrap things up. This, yeah. is, my, this is my Wait, Deus Ex Machina. They that bird, but they couldn't afford Sally? That's true, yeah. yeah. It's like, they put the bird's voice in Sally's mouth. Maybe there was a contract that said Sally can only be voiced by this actress, and Maybe. they didn't want to hire her. I, I don't I know. It's weird. 
bird, but that bird is terrible too. That it just shows up like I'm this bird. Wow, Sonic. Goodbye. I just killed some time. Whoa, fall yeah. down. Thanks for catching me. Yeah. So that was Sonic's save the cat moment. So we know he's yeah. a good guy. But yeah, th- this ring is like the Deus Ex Machina ring that will end the episode in an, in an improbable, inexplicable way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to that later. Uh, so we we have Scratch and Grounder, who we will not do impressions of. Uh, they are going door to door, stealing from people, like even like literally stealing their houses. And um, and then Sonic shows up to stop them, and they essentially just explain what the plot is to Sonic. Like, <laughs> this is what we did. Oh, I'm sorry. Oops. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that impression. <laughs> it's all right. I yeah, tried to make have, it tolerable. They have to explain everything to Sonic. They're like, you could discover this, but that would take too long. So, look, we're just going right. to tell you everything. Yeah. And I people, mean, like, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, this: the running time with this thing is 20 minutes. It's yeah. about 18 and some change. Yeah. With the, because the credits are just clips from the episode. I'm just yeah. like, can yeah. you imagine the commercials? How many commercials Jeez. are running on this? I hated that as a kid, too, when they would put the clips of the episode as the intro. Like, you're too cheap to get any new intro. Yeah. I think this aired on USA, so it was probably like 18 commercials for Karate Fighters. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and also, I was annoyed that it seems to be a plot point. Oh, the kid is kidnapped and taken to a robot factory. Yeah. But then he just shows up like, and I escaped. Really, you couldn't we, even animate the robot. We, we, I want to see that. Yeah. It could have been like an action scene. Like, I escaped from the deadly robot factory, Sonic. Okay, mm-hmm. sure. Uh, so- or Sonic could free him and find out the thing from him there. Like, it's just basic story problems on the, yeah. on the most rudimentary level. They're making mistakes. And, and you could say, like, they're looking down, they're, they're talking down to their audience by, mm-hmm. by re- regurgitating this plot info, but I really think it's just to kill time. You know, yes. just like, oh, that's another minute. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Closer to the grave. Yeah. And yeah. I also was upset at the first, the first commercial break is they're going to drop this thing on Sonic. And even if I was seven, I would thought, Sonic is super fast. Like if if there if there's a thing falling on him and he he has the ability to run away, he will. And it's and I yeah. was waiting to see will they do more than that or will he just run away? He just runs away. Yeah, like, that's, that's it. All he does. <laughs> yeah, and it's not even that big. It's probably like the size of a bed. And Sonic is so fast he can easily just get out of the way. Yeah, and it's it's, it's been over his head for like five minutes while they're talking to him. I yeah. think so. Like, okay, we're already halfway through this episode because nothing happens right. in it. And uh, we cut to Robotnik or Robotnik, however you want to say it. Uh, he's building a ton of chimneys on his uh, hideout because the plan is, I guess, everyone <laughs> in the city is going to come down his chimney. I don't know how he's enforcing this. I guess he has a robot army that's trying to kill people. But um, <laughs> that's basically it. And I, and I have this note that says, like, all these robot designs are just terrible. It's just a bunch yeah. of shapes with a face drawn on it. They look like candy mascots or they something like no that. no work yeah. into that. Yeah. Well, they could it's, just, like... Just steal the designs from the games and draw Too them. Hard the thing to draw. Is Scratch and Grounder are, are already bad designs based on Sonic 2 enemies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's true. Is, is Scratch a Sonic 2 enemy? Yeah, well, supposedly. It's okay. Not, it's not very. I accurate, don't remember but, something uh, being yeah. that big. I always thought Scratch was weird because it's okay for Sonic to attack robots and humans, but other animals is like, that. those are his friends. So why would he mm-hmm. attack something like Scratch? Which no, Scratch and Grounder are robots. They are they robots. They apart yeah. and rebuild But themselves. there's no, there's but no Scratch smaller, a, yeah. there's no smaller animal inside them though, which I found strange. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> come on. There was also something like, this always bugged me on every Sonic cartoon was that the thing Sonic does every, like more than anything in any game you play in him, is that he jumps on them and it makes them explode. <laughs> and he, like, never does that on Sonic Adventures. Like, did they just no. think that was too violent? Maybe. Like, I, I guess, like, if I had to say anything about it, I would say that the people that were making this never played the game and didn't care. And it's like, what does this so. blue thing do? It runs okay, right, that's yeah. it. We'll make it run. No, that was the one time I actually, like, laughed during the episode. I thought it was funny, the, the cartoonish megalomania of Robotnik to say, like, 
I have more chimneys, more a thousand yeah. chimneys on my house. I will agree that is the one like halfway good joke in the entire episode. Just just the idea behind it, him like mm-hmm. like e- more chimneys equals more people coming yeah. into his yeah. hideout. If I had or whatever. one chimney, they'd they'd all just get jammed up trying <laughs> to get in here. I need as many entryways <laughs> as possible. So um, Sonic uh, has to go to so basically by pretending to be like a sanitation worker, like in, like two seconds right. after, like I don't even know where he goes to change. He like just comes back a second later, and he gets he gets where Robotnik's hideout is, um, or was, where he's keeping Santa, I guess, from Scratch and Grounder. The, that was the most. Bugs Bunny moment of yeah. the entire thing. That, that's one of those uh, <clears throat> series Bible beats I was talking about. <laughs> Sonic needs to dress up as a different character. Yeah, and Jaleel yeah. Wade is trying his best to do another voice, but it's really not working out yeah. for him. Right. And uh, so yeah, he gets he gets the uh, the address of the the secret Santa jail, I guess, and. Um, <laughs> where the little kid escaped from and a grown man can't, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so there's just a bunch of montage stuff that's not very funny. I was like, oh, good, another montage. I don't have to write any jokes today. <laughs> it's just uh, like, uh, yeah. Sonic uh, snowboards and uh, runs, uh, I got a cigarette, okay. That, well, we got to yeah. do that to, what, to earn the some well, sort of power? Well, you're skipping way ahead. That's uh, to get spoilers, Dave. Oh, sorry, wow. sorry. You're yeah. Yeah. yeah, to get to Santa's hideout, like, seven miles south of the North Pole, which... It, with whatever, but that then when he gets there, there's I feel like they just cut a scene because they're he's gonna get shot at by those robots, and I thought, oh, he's gonna do the cartoony thing would be to make them shoot at each other or shoot at him, but they actually accidentally shoot each other. I thought, oh, that's what he's going for. He's like, ready, aim, and fire, and then there's shots of them shooting, but then he's just away, and you don't see what happens with that. <laughs> I'm just like, I guess they missed, and then. They're not there, and there's, he frees sa- Santa. There's not even a scene or a joke or like a uh, point. It's just like some of these could be gags, and like a lot of it's just like I'm gonna I'm gonna destroy you, and then make an ice pun or a fire pun. The, the closest thing to a gag was when he made the giant cannon and three nameless robots fall into the water, and then uh, yeah. a walrus just pops up like, "Hey, I'm a walrus!" <laughs> and it's terribly drawn. I could yes. barely tell it was a walrus. So I, I assume at this point Sonic um, finds Santa and um, basically uh, takes him back to the workshop and tells him, uh, oh, uh, Santa tells Sonic, I guess it's all over because there's no yeah. way we could recoup there's this. There's one uh, elf that's still there. Yeah, I, gu- I guess all the elves were stolen <laughs> Which I, too. I thought it was the kid for a minute. I'm like, <laughs> well, right. they're both hideous. I, yeah. I, and I saw this. I always remember this joke from Dr. Katz. So I forgot who told it. But, yeah, it is every Christmas special gets to the point of Santa saying, well, I guess there won't be Christmas this year. I know, I know. And, and that, that is ha- exactly what happened. Yeah, I think it happened in um, the Mario show until, like, Toad cried or whatever. <laughs> it's like, Toad, you've moved me. Right. I've yeah, never I mean, felt this way ever. But this version of Santa is just so defeatist. Like, he spends... Yeah. There are multiple scenes where he says, well, can't happen. Sorry. Like, look but, at what you can accomplish, Santa. Yeah. You can't fix this? Yeah. That's my question. Robotnik is just too cunning. Yeah. <laughs> so here's where the ring comes back again. So, uh, Santa 
Santa's like, oh, like Henry said, it won't be Christmas this year. And uh, Santa's like, that ring, Sonic. And the ring just appears on his finger because it hasn't been there for the entire right, episode. He's like, I've seen those symbols before, Sonic. Come with me. And it's <laughs> that, like, I guess there's a symbol. The, the symbol that's on Sonic's ring was also carved into the wall where Santa was being imprisoned. Right. And um, sorry. These- and. There's this weird, like, prophecy that comes into the yes. show. Ancient like, runes. In the Act 3. Somebody explain this to me. No. Well, that, <laughs> no. well it, it can't be explained, ex- but try. <laughs> Sorry. Well, Hank, it is like 20 degrees below zero. There. <laughs> no. I don't blame oh, you. I've had hypothermia this whole time. <laughs> Get some vapor up. No, okay. So the extreme laziness really got to me there, too, of just, like, they knew the ring was going to come into, quite, like, it was going to be important. Could they at least, in just the... 30 seconds before it's introduced, draw it on there then? No, like only mm-hmm. when Santa recognizes the ring do they draw it on hey, there. That, that would cost money. That's extra pencil mileage, Henry. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they're going to have to draw the ring anyway. There just should have been one person who said, we've got to establish the ring right before this. We can't <laughs> just I mean, Please have go it. off model with this one thing. Yeah. You know what, though? I... I I picture like the writing staff of Sonic the Hedgehog, this cartoon, as the kind of guys that take the, off their wedding rings every time they go to bars. She <laughs> <laughs> like, takes it off all the time. Why would he wear it? And also comparing the Santa to other Santas, like he says, "Oh, we have to steal back a million presents and then give them out. That'll take till July." Like, no, it is accepted that Santa has magic gifts in one night powers. So if you can just give other specials right. like this one, like in Pac-Man, yeah. they basically say, oh, if if, so- if Santa could fly, he'd be able to do it. If you just give Santa and get him back to zero and just have like, okay, Santa, this is the normal Santa setup, <laughs> right. you can do this stuff. But this time Santa's like, even if you got it to me, it'd take too long. Like, yeah. really? You Santa? can't. You can't start applying logic to the Santa Claus equation when you need yeah. to fix something. It's just like, no, you can do anything, basically, so yeah. you should just do it. They didn't even draw reindeer in this. Not one reindeer. <laughs> yeah. Well, in the beginning, like, when uh, uh, Santa Claus pulled up on his sleigh, it was like reindeer, but it was like the cell was being slid across the frame. <laughs> like, they didn't even move. There was no animation. It's just like, whoop. Um, uh. So what happens next, and it is inexplicable, but I'll try to explain it. It's um, basically there's these uh, symbols on the wall that explain that uh, if you uh, if you do these challenges uh, that are related to the ring, you unlock the power of ultimate velocity. Uh, okay. Uh, or just collect seven chaos emeralds. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Like, you, you have a thing in, in your game that yeah. would make sense in this context, but it's like, oh, no, no, uh, Sonic, uh, he collects rings. Does he wear them too, I guess? Sure, why not? Again, like, they don't know the yeah. canon. Like, Sonic the Hedgehog brought to you by Zales. They have no idea what the canon of, of Sonic is, so they're not yeah. going to bother with that. And But also, like, they barely even make it mystical. Like, well, you have to do these two things. Just these two things, and could we at least like see magic energy get instilled in no. them? No, like no. twenty minutes. It's never clear. Yeah. Uh, so what happens is uh, I have I have here written down another joke-free montage in which <laughs> Sonic is like snowboarding and like he's like basically doing a triathlon. Yeah, he's going through these trials. Yeah, to... that that was the inspiration for uh, Sonic Freeriders. Freeriders. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, was that the uh, yeah, the Kinect snowboarding uh, game oh, okay. starring Sonic? Jesus! So this was—I don't know—I I didn't watch. I can't remember a lot of the older Sonic cartoons, but was this like the first time that Sonic used a means of conveyance that was slower than Sonic? No, oh, there's, no, there's yeah. a snowboard stage in like Sonic Three, I think it was. Like, yeah, I think yeah. this was this was probably pre-Sonic Three. I think Sonic Three was like spring '94. So well, but, no, this was '96. Oh right, yeah. you're right. Yeah, but I'm sure Sonic in the old cartoon um, did like ride bikes or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Well, the part where he like hang glides off a lo- floating log in the air, like it just there's, <laughs> there's no physics or yeah. anything to this. I just would have been no. like this. I feel like if I was the 
age that I should have been to see this. I would have been disappointed just how lazy these extreme yeah. things were. Yeah, it's and like that Sonic has no trouble with them. That just bothered me. Yeah, like, these are trials. Yeah, here's the thing: is that that entire sequence is totally humorless. Like we said, it's like you could fit a couple other physical gags in here. I thought maybe, mm-hmm. <laughs> or well, make him like like they were saying, make him do something that's outlandish, not like yeah. what you'd see on ESPN three yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. You Instead, know? it's just Sonic gasping at some obstacle and then goes right around. Yeah, I guess there were gags in the scratching ground or like set up Wiley Coyote type thing a couple times. <laughs> sure. Failed. They're animated so poorly. I didn't understand one of them. Like they're oh. in the snow, and then a bear trap like, yeah, like the, went off. But they were they weren't in it. That felt yeah. also like we don't want to animate this. Like, look, <laughs> it, the bear trap pops out of the snow, and just assume they got crushed. <laughs> Listen, you try drawing also, it, buddy. They are solid metal robots, and when a snowboard falls on them, it crushes them. Like, what? what is yeah. Sonic Snowboard made out of? <laughs> it's made out Pure of the lead. Chaos Emerald uh, byproduct, I guess. And that's uh, the last time you see them, too. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Oh, it, yes. And uh, this episode, and we're almost at the end, like, what happens, and we've been complaining about this, but, like, he does these challenges, and then she's like, oh, I guess I have this power now. Like, there's no, like, like voice from the Sonic, you've done it. Yeah. You or, have my power. Yeah, but, or uh, him saying, like, I, or the ring's glowing. I feel imbued with yeah. extra power. Like, this is the fastest I've ever run before. This is amazing. Like, none of that. It's, <laughs> no. it's just so lazy. It like, is. And he just, like, there's just, like, two scenes where he just, like, zips around the world and just fixes everything. Yeah. And, um... <sighs> that drove me crazy, too, that they don't even set up the, like, Sonic's already pretty fast. Yeah. But yeah. this is, like, he moves at light speed and can he always run at light speed now? Like, they didn't say it, it only lasts for one night or something. This I, prophecy is very vague. And, and in doing this, I also wrote down, like, he passive-aggressively just drops, like, a boatload of gifts on Sally. Like, there. There's yeah. your gifts. There you go. Shut now, up. Me. Don't say a word. I yeah. have to run out. Like, we'd have to pay you if you said anything. Up, so up, up. Yeah. And, then like in San, well, and also, you only see the back of Sally's head, and she yes. also is just motionless and completely yeah. unresponsive. Yeah. And like, he even kisses this motionless, unresponsive Sally. It's Princess yeah. Sally post-lobotomy, like, I guess. I... <laughs> That also takes me back to like <laughs> the, just the opening where he says, "When a when a princess says she doesn't want any gifts, that means you give her two stores full of them." Like that's such a <laughs> you're going to hear terrible, Yeah, that's a terrible lesson to give children. At least in the at least in Sonic AM, like Sally is a very stereotypical spunky princess, mm-hmm. and she would definitely be the type who says, "No, right. seriously, Sonic, don't buy me shit. Like, yeah. I don't need I don't need things. I'm I'm a freedom fighter. Yeah, yeah. and I lead. There's people. a war going on. Yeah." <laughs> We need to be practical, Sonic. I only though... gave you this ring to save Christmas. Yeah. I like to think Sally is just going to stay in that reality because it's much safer for her. <laughs> stop, <laughs> like, stop blowing the rebel funds at Macy's. <laughs> I'm sick of that French guy. I want to just get away from him. What yeah, a creep. Or it's uh, Stacy's or what did they call it? Stacy's. Oh, yeah. Was that a joke? I guess it was. Uh, like, it was supposed to be like Macy's, be, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I don't even know what my joke was. There were, there were two <laughs> visual jokes in that. That was one of them. And like at uh, Robotnik's, I think we're at Santa's uh, headquarters, it, there's a water tower and it said the word HO. Ho, ho, and then there was like a three, like cubed, like ho, uh, ho, ho. Way to go, guys. Uh, <laughs> hey, that at least constitutes a joke, which this show barely has, even though sure. it's supposed to be the gag Sonic that's for that's goofier and for kids. I can see on, on, the, on the table in the writing room like 101 like holiday gut busters or whatever. Like, <laughs> we, we pick three of these and get them in the show. So, yeah, um, uh, Christmas is saved inexplicably uh, through this act of God, I guess. And uh, it, it's inferred, and this is canon, everybody, that Sonic is a new Santa because yeah. Santa does retire. He's like, screw this. Why Why am I working if this blue guy can do it in, like, two seconds? Right. And that, um, that infuriated mm. me the most of the entire episode that, like, they're – 
Santa, it changes the reality that like Santa, <laughs> Santa exists in all these things. And I feel like if any, any other one, if Santa said, you know, you do this better than me, Pac-Man slash Mario slash Qbert, <laughs> then they'd have the humility to say, no, Santa, I couldn't possibly yeah. take this job yeah. from you. The world needs Santa Claus. But Sonic's just dumbfounded. And also yeah. it's like, well, I guess I am Santa yeah. Claus yeah. now and have an extreme cri- – like, that's yeah. horrible. He says have, have an extremely good Christmas every day because Sonic only recognizes kids who accepted Jesus as their personal savior. <laughs> yeah. That's right. He doesn't care about Hanukkah. Well, I also felt – okay, so to get deep into this, I feel the, I feel the theme of this episode is like borderline blasphemous in that – Presents really are what matters. Like, there's nothing. Right. The, in, in, it is the opposite of the Grinch stole Christmas. The Grinch steals Christmas, and then people, like, they don't even flinch at it. The Who's of Whoville are like, nah, we still have each other. We love each other. <laughs> but Christmas is ruined by losing things, and yeah. Sonic has to get all the things back to people. And once the little boy sees the hard, hideous little boy, <laughs> sees all his gifts are back, he's like, Finally, Christmas is better. I have things. Yeah. Yay. Well, ostensibly, this the show is made to promote a video game. So it's yeah, like, remember, right. kids, things are important, and women need to get off your case about Christmas. <laughs> yeah, there's barely any, like, there's no families in this, really. Oh. Yeah. Like, Sonic only talks to two people. That, and that kid has no name. Yeah. Yeah. And Sonic he, just has yeah. to get stuff to people. Like, that's the, that's the <laughs> difference. It's – the Super Mario Super Show special is not good. Like, it's not good either. But at the very least, they tried to say – be unselfish. Toad was unselfish, and, and even though he wanted this present the whole time, he gives his present to Santa so he can give something to him. Yeah. And it teaches you, like, maybe it's not just about material possessions on the holidays. But in this one, it's like, it definitely is, and Sonic will be there to make sure you get your things, and this other guy won't steal all your things. You'll right. get your stuff. And- like like in terms of like, uh, con- okay, this is we're we're going way too deep on this, but I like it. But in terms of like conflict, it was also boring because Sonic had no problem at any time doing yeah. anything. The little kid just escaped from the robot factory, yeah. and like no, there was never a problem. Like you just need like I was like, oh, how's Sonic gonna get out of this one? Outside of the, the the gift dropping on his head or whatever, that was the only time it seemed like oh maybe right. something bad could happen. It's never in danger. Yeah, and, and I also, if I were rewriting this. I would just say, like, this whole ring thing is pointless. Like, this is just filler. Just have him fight Robotnik at the end. Like, don't – this completely removes my Robotnik. Have him fight him in his gift factory. They don't even like, face off. He just, like, zips around into the room and then leaves. And just, there's no ultimate, yeah, like, battle. he could just take his stuff back. He, yeah. Yeah, the, the ring thing is the filler of, like, oh, this is the big action set piece, these stunts. When it could be him invading the evil Santa factory, and obviously that seems a lot more expensive and difficult to animate. Yeah, right. for sure. I'm sure they were like, "What can we draw?" And uh, let's figure it out from there. But I could and not. I, yeah, it was awful. That ring thing, terrible. That nameless little kid also annoyed me because, like, I think he was just there to express, like, uh, like how the audience should be feeling. Like, right. Christmas is ruined. That's bad. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. so sad. Like lines like that. Like we don't need that. Santa <laughs> would never do that. Yeah. I won't get any fine Sega products for
that was that was the finale, uh, the series uh, finale three years after the fact for the. Uh, it's not even the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. It's just Adventures of Sonic right, the Hedgehog, right. which is yeah. weird to me. I, I need a, I need a, um, an article <laughs> there, be, yeah. uh, buddy. Um, so, man, I'm sorry I made you walk all the way out here, Hank. I know you're sick. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I apologize, everyone. I uh, wish you weren't so far off from civilization, though. But um, I'll any, die in the. I'll just go outside and just die in the snow. Die in dignified position. That's what I. <laughs> that's my yeah. advice. Um, so, like, any final thoughts on this? Like, uh, um, I, I feel bad for me as a child because I watch a lot of this trash, and it is trash. <laughs> it is opportunistic, cynical trash. And I'm sorry if you enjoyed it, but please go back and you'll realize, like, uh, it's important to realize before you're on your deathbed how much time you wasted. <laughs> and uh, yes. I got, I've gotten over it, and I think you need to, too. Uh, and if you want to watch this, um, it's on YouTube. And if you want to pay for it, Godspeed. Uh, because no one deserves any money for this product. Uh, yeah. Anybody, uh, what do you think about this? Uh, do you regret it? Are you embarrassed? Um, did you watch it privately? <laughs> I just want to know what's happening. I had a lingering question, which is why does why did Santa have these big thick Coke bottle glasses? That is he, true. He looked yeah. like it, he looked like an elderly Cyril sneer. Would it be harder <laughs> to draw him blinking? I guess. It's like we, we can only do sure. one set of eyes in every scene. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. Right. I think of that also that like uh, a fake robot eyeball popped out of the Santa when it was crushed. Yeah. The robot Santa was like, but he doesn't have eyes. He yeah. has he has fake glasses. <laughs> He's got like Millhouse glasses. This doesn't make any sense. So I yeah, this is the lowest of the low for like I've watched the Pac Man one. <laughs> I've watched the Mario one. Yeah. Like this, this is, this is way worse. Yeah. Is this on the Is this on the Cartoon Christmas? Christmas yes, website. Yeah. Okay. Our friend Chris Antista did do a Cartoon Christmas for this, and I think he felt as poorly about this as we did. Is that a CartoonChristmas.com? I believe okay, so. Okay, I, I have to check that out. Yeah. Um, I like that site a lot. Uh, Dave, uh, anybody else want to? Chime in on this. Just well, final other, thoughts. Otherwise, I was going to say uh, oh, okay. it's very fitting that this uh, also, like Sonic Extreme, had a very troubled <laughs> creation. <laughs> <laughs> troubled? How so? Uh, it's bad. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, I assume everyone got along making the, it because they're like, we're making garbage. <laughs> maybe <laughs> we know what maybe, we're doing. Yeah. Maybe. I'm sure they were working from like a coffee-stained three-year-old Sonic <laughs> Adventure uh, <laughs> series bible. I, d- I did like the jingle bells across the normal Sonic theme at the beginning. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the theme yeah. for this one is like dun 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 dun. Yeah, that's a little how... bit of like the traditional. Well, that was da, a, yeah. Da, da, da. Oh yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Okay, so the music was the most. Uh, salvageable part of this, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Like, yeah, that at the at the same time, there was that Sonic anime that's not much better to be out, uh, but at least like at least it looks m- way better. It looks like, good, and they put uh, knuckles in a cowboy hat for some reason. I don't so know. Strange. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a weird owl character, but yeah, that was Sonic. Uh, that was Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog episode. Uh, Sonic Christmas Blast, formerly titled Extremely Sonic Christmas or whatever the hell. Um, <laughs> If you want to find this, like I said, YouTube or go to a dollar store because you can probably right. get the entire series for like – they'll just give it to you. They'll just throw it in your bag. Say, get this out of the store along with these mutilated Barbies. Right. So um, let's take a brief break and then come back and talk about some of our favorite Christmas memories and maybe something else.
so I've, gave, I've given everyone their copy of Mr. McGorium's Wonder Emporium. Um, remember, don't cash in those ultraviolet codes because I've just, <laughs> I, I'm selling MacBooks with that movie on them. And <laughs> I, they're selling like hotcakes, boys. So uh, what I want to know is, and I, and I think I've said this on previous special before, but maybe I'll reiterate what mine is. But um, I did ask you guys before you came out here, and you probably had a lot of time thinking when you were trudging up that mountain. But um, <laughs> what were your favorite Christmases in terms of video games? Not in terms of family moments and togetherness, but in terms of, of sheer product, because this is what this uh, episode's <laughs> about, isn't it? It's like, wh- when was like, just like, like, you were the N64 kid, you know? When was that? I want to know. Let's start with um, Ray. How about you? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's a little bit weird for me because I usually, after a while, I was so into video games, I would usually get things around when they came out. So I think, uh, you know, I'll just uh, cheap out here and just say, like, the very first Christmas when I got an NES, I think in 88, uh, which is exactly what I wanted, and I got the games I wanted, which is RC Pro-Am. And uh, my story, as I've probably mentioned before on the show years ago maybe, is that, you know, the first game I played was, like, Duck Hunt. And I didn't like Mario that much. But, uh, you know, I got RC Pro-Am, which had cars in it, so that was good. But then, uh, man, that game is tough, so I never really <laughs> got far in it. It is pretty tough. But, uh, yeah, that was, that, was, that was a big one, big crucial one. Mine would be, yeah, I, after 1995, that was when I started buying them myself or just saving up the money. And also that if, uh, like, for 96, I got the N64 around release date because my birthday is in September, mm-hmm. so I just saved the money and bought it. But, uh, yeah, 95, that was when we got a Saturn for Christmas. We got a Sega Saturn, me oh, and my yeah. brother, and it was uh, it was a special day because we got to set it up in the living room. Like, you know what? We get to use it on the big 32-inch TV and <laughs> and play in the living room. Yeah. Did your parents uh, – were your parents one of those uh, parents that thought, like, that'll ruin the TV? Uh, a lot to, of parents were like degree, that. degree, yes, yeah. they were like that. But also they didn't want all those cores and wires, like, choking oh, up yeah. the front. Because also me and my brother were – very messy, but it it is a very like uniting memory that we so we set it up and we turn on Virtual Cop and my dad like he never goes he my dad is a gun owner but he never really goes hunting or puts it to any use so I didn't know what kind of shot he was but then with the with the light gun he was just like popping off like just a shot after just a shot just from the <laughs> hip I was like it reminded me I had forgotten that he was. Awesome at Duck Hunt uh, when right. he first got the NES, and so so if he goes uh, back in time, he can wow uh, them like Marty McFly did, yeah, right? He totally could. <laughs> Where'd you learn that? My, my living room. <laughs> yeah, he was he was great at it. That, that's one of the very rare moments of remembering. Like, oh, my dad did like some video games like that and RBI Baseball. Played a lot of that. Sure. Yeah. How about you, Dave? Uh, Good Christmas for me. It would have to be. I think it was 1991. Um, uh, so, like, I remember going to a Toys R Us with my mom, and I don't know why she brought me in the first place, but this was when, uh, you know, like, Super Nintendo and Genesis were fighting it out, and Turbo Graphics was kind of just seeding the market. So it was on sale for 60 bucks, and I saw, like, the tag for it, and I, like, I begged my mom, I'm like, get me a sur- get me a Turbo Graphics 16, it's so cheap, it, it, like, I'll totally love it. And oh, pretty much got to a point where I was throwing a tantrum because she wouldn't say then and there, yes, <laughs> I will buy you a TurboGrafx-16, son. So, like, I, I don't – yeah, like, it, if it is fit. It is the only uh, game console with Zach Morris on the box. Yeah. Look at that console, folks. Really? And tell me that's not Zach Morris. It really isn't, but it looks like him. Sorry, go ahead, uh, but then, Yeah, but then on a Christmas Day, lo and behold, they get a, a Super Nintendo uh, – and on top of that, my mother tells me uh, when you go to your, your – 
aunt's house later on, uh, your godmother will also be there, and she bought you a Super Nintendo game. And I had in my mind, like, I'm going to get Super WrestleMania. <laughs> this is going to be so great. <laughs> and I got Desert Strike, okay. which, mm. like, I it was a game, like, I got it, and I felt like, ugh, I wanted Super WrestleMania. But then yeah. I pl- that was a game I played a ton of, and I probably never would have given that series a chance if I had just, like, mm-hmm. gotten something else that year. Yeah, it could have so, been a lot worse. Yeah, it was, like, it was, a, it was... Uh, in holiday season where I had my mind set on completely different things but I ended up getting things that were pretty great hmm. yeah cool. so that one that's funny I also got my TurboGrafx at that $60 blowout price yeah. except mm-hmm. I got it with my own money because it was in, just that cheap was that in late 91 maybe or something no, like that no this is like um, I think for me it was like 93 okay well yeah because yeah. uh, it came with like Bonk's Revenge mine is actually I probably said this before in an earlier one so please forgive me but um, uh, I think Christmas of 92 because uh I went for the Turbo Graphics instead of the SNES or Genesis, uh, and like uh, for my birthday in May of '91, I got one. And, well, what uh, did it for you? I think it was all the VHS tapes NEC sent to my house. Okay. Where it's like, look at these games, everybody. Yeah. It's like, wow, I can't actually look at videos of other games, so this is really something. So it wasn't any it. one game, just the barrage of advertising? Yeah, with like slightly offensive uh, narrator doing different voices. But uh, Did you fill out the response card? Oh, I filled out every response yeah, card, yeah, 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 pretty much. Uh, but yeah, so I got that in 91. I wasn't completely crushed by it, but I was like, uh, you know what? I kind of want a Super Nintendo, so... I mean, it, my story's not that exciting. I asked for one, and then I got it. But I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Like, we were, like, an upper, lower, middle-class family. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Like, I got a console in 91 and then another another one in 92. My parents spoiled me a little yeah. bit, I guess. So, yeah, I got that in Street Fighter. So, it, like, um, I love Super yeah. Nintendo so much. Um, I also wanted to ask you guys uh, about your favorite winter-themed levels in video games. It can even be Christmas-themed if you want, but um, that's something uh, after – I've lived here for five years in California, and I used to live in northeastern Ohio where it was like both extremes where it was like deadly hot in the summer and basically don't leave the house in the winter. And that's basically why I like video games because you're basically trapped inside for half the year in, in those uh, in those places with seasons, at least if you're a wuss like me. So um, anybody want to jump in? Like what is your favorite winter-themed levels? Because I do – miss seeing snow and I kind of use these to like recreate like seasons and things like that like video games uh, well to keep things relevant uh, in uh, I believe 2000 I really enjoyed the Sonic Adventure DLC where you could put uh, Christmas trees all over Station Square oh that was cool <laughs> and then uh, they would also play the uh, the acapella Christmas Nights theme oh, <laughs> oh love that. wow so <laughs> For like a couple minutes, what I would do is just like uh, stare at the tree in first person while the music played, and that was like our Christmas tree. Well, maybe we'll go out on that. I like that <laughs> I song. Love, yes. I just love that uh, slow, super serious, like, in a dream yes. I can see. It feels like the end of a Disney movie. Totally. Like the credits are going up. And no, like, I mean, they, yeah. a whole they, new world. they were totally like, this should be Peebo Bryson. Song, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Christmas It's a nights, standard now for us, for our generation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Christmas Nights is up there for me, but yeah. actually my favorite I wrote down is uh, I love I love 2D Mario. Uh, winter levels in general but my favorites are in Yoshi's Island like Yoshi's Island World 5 like specifically I believe it's called Danger Icy Conditions Ahead (laughs) and that's the one with uh, the little snowmen on uh, skis that are flying around. Like oh, yeah. I, I just love those cute snowmen. And then also that you are given the fire watermelon or whatever in this stay in those stages a lot just to melt stuff. So yeah. the mix of the hot and the cold is just a it's a, it's fun. I like that. That game is phenomenal. Dave, yeah. you have any favorites in terms of like winter theme levels? Um, it's not a level really, but uh, in Shenmue when it would you know turn to Christmas, that was always nice to go through like the the town square and just see like like stores setting up for holidays and things like that. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, because I think it was like 
unless you were super good at that game, you would at least go to Christmas because I think it took place in – it started in October. Yeah. Uh, did you have to figure out – did you have to do something by Christmas or – I know there was a time limit. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was like by January or something. Yeah, something like that. I just remember hugging the his lady interest – his, his yeah. love interest in the snow. Yes, like, I remember yes. that bit. Mm. Yeah. Um, also – uh, runner-up Grubbins on Ice, which was a oh, DLC yeah. add-on to Costume Quest. That's right. And Costume Quest, like, I really liked. It came out right around Halloween and kind of, like, got in that spirit. And then this DLC came out right before Christmas, and it's still, like, you're still trick-or-treating, but it was, like, you're doing it in, like, a big wintry place. So that was that was fun. I haven't played that DLC, but I did like Costume Quest for what it was. Uh, as for me, I think I said this before, but I, I love Narsh and Final Fantasy VI. I was also very, very impressed by the uh, the snow effects in Donkey Kong Country. Like those those ice levels and snow levels were great. Even though I'll admit it was not it's not a fantastic game, but I, I do like um, the music helps. The music is great. Yeah, yeah definitely. Oh, yeah. Like uh, I'm <laughs> sure you'll you'll hear some of it for the millionth time in one of these specials. So yeah, it's a rule of thumb for Donkey Kong Country. Really. Yeah. Oh, By the way, music. Dave, uh, just as a friend and because I listen to you every week, it is Shinmu. Wow. <laughs> I've told him that too. Shen, Shen Muma. I had right. a I had a Japanese teacher who would say Shen Mue. So my Mue, I, wow. Yeah. So I just my entire pronunciation is I. But another question is it one word or two? What no, is it I, one one word or two? Shen Mu. Well, it's a Chinese word. So I mean, when they, when it's written in English. No, no, it's one. Yeah. Okay. I, I always have to look it up whenever I write it, which is not that often. But um, yeah, that was our Christmas special. Thanks, guys, so much for coming <laughs> all the way out here. Usually these episodes... Sorry ended on that note. Yeah. <laughs> A correction. <laughs> That's your gift for Christmas. Wait, you're going to make us leave out into the snow? Yeah, I mean, uh, like, I want you guys to say, but there's only so much oxygen in this cabin. And uh, I'm, I'm not going out there. I mean, I, I'm going to be helicoptered away after the holiday's over. But you guys just uh, follow the trail. Uh, stay away from the guns and um, Godspeed. I'll let you plug things in case, you know, you don't make it back. People can remember you that way. Uh, so as for me and all of our Retronaut stuff, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, Twitch.tv, YouTube, and our blog, Retronauts.com. Also, we're being hosted by US Gamer, so go there every week to see a blog post, uh, and it'll tell you what we talked about, what music we used, and the links uh, to things we talked about as well. And uh, also, please keep the reviews going. They always help. Go to iTunes Music Store. Just let us know what you think. Even just give us some stars. That helps us uh, increase our rank and defeat bigwigs like Rooster Teeth. We're coming for you. You and your teeth. And I'm also doing another podcast, which is currently uh, in the second season. Uh, It's called Talking Simpsons. And what we do is every week we uh, talk about a new episode of The Simpsons in order. It's not a commentary. It's a companion piece. And Dave is on it. And uh, Henry's on it. And I hope Ray will be on it soon. Mm, Uh, That's an open invitation, although it's not my house. (laughs) (laughs) So please go to lasertimepodcast.com and uh, check it out. It's called Talking Simpsons. And if you don't want to go to the website, just go into whatever podcast program you use and type in Talking Simpsons. Remember, we're not we're Talking Simpsons. Those guys are Australian. So if you hear Australians and talk about, like, uh, Vegemite and uh, Dingoes... You guys won't be talking about Australia for another, like, three or four years. That's true. Uh, we Probably only once. Uh, and I'm also Bob Servo on Twitter. Man, that's a lot of plugs. Thanks for sitting through this, guys. Uh, uh, everybody else, jump in. Ray, where can we find you? What are you doing I these days? I hardly have any plugs anymore. I'm RDBAAA on Twitter, and then I also have a podcast called No More Whoppers. Right, where can we find that? Uh, no more whoppers. Tumblr.com. It's just me BSing with my friend Alex, who's also been on this show. And uh, as 
Bob talked all about. Like Dave and I are both part of the Laser Time yep. Podcast Network, and uh, if you want to hear the first season of Talking Simpsons, that's a great excuse to support us through our Patreon, patreoncom time. You get five dollars a month, you get a bunch of extras. Ten dollars a month, you get even more. Five dollars gets you access to the first season of Talking Simpsons, and I also have a podcast of my own that I host, which is. Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast on the Laser Time Network, where we talk about all the big weekly events in comic books. I believe you probably talked about the Sonic comics before. Uh, very lightly, yeah. I think most with uh, Game Informer's Tim Turry, because he was still reading, well, he had picked them back up for the Mega Man crossover in Archie. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm Dave Rudden on Twitter, uh, and I host the Cheap Podcast. It's a wrestling podcast on the Laser Time Network, but I do just about every other podcast on that, too, with... Henry and Chris and everyone <laughs> Including else. the video game themed one, Vigigame Game yes. Apocalypse, hosted by Michael Raparez. That's a good one. So that's it for our special, guys. Have a happy holiday, whatever way, whatever way you celebrate, and we'll see you next time. And guys, good luck on your trip down. And let me know if you see Jeremy, because yeah. he was invited too. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. So cold. We'll see you next week, guys. Later. in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And, lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for, behold, I bring you tidings so great joy, which shall be to all my people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ, the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, 
Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, and goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Out. And getting absolutely wrecked. <laughs>